Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to Supercoach Edge for another action-packed episode. And it is action-packed because, uh, well, last episode, I revealed my team for 2023. Good. And this episode, thank you, Liam. This episode, I will see if yours is a little bit better than mine. It may be, may well be. Uh, we're revealing your team ahead of uh, round one, which is only in a couple of days' time. So uh, the pressure is mounting. And uh, no doubt I could feel it from you uh, pre-episode, pre-record. Uh, I could feel the uh, trepidation, trepidation in your in your voice. It's a uh, bit nervy, a bit nervy. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. Oh, I wouldn't say that, but I would actually. Not nervy. Yeah. I think I always get to this. I get this nervous excitement. I want to say, like anticipation yeah, before the season starts, and I kind of go, "Oh, what about this player?" And I just want them all. I want every single player that uh, <laughs> I've considered over the preseason to be in my team, and you can't do it. You can't do it. No. You can't do but it. It's the calm before the storm almost, isn't it? It is, yes. The semi-calm. But beneath the surface, it's a calm exterior, but beneath the surface, there's there's like a lot the going duck. on. The duck looks okay on top of the on top yes. of the water. My legs are going like this. <laughs> call you the duck from now oh, on. Not the I'm Wayne Carey variety because you don't want to be associated with him. No. Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> but uh, let's uh, – yeah, let's get into it. Before we kick off, um, let's run through the socials and where you can find us. Um, we'll be dropping all the latest news um, as we get ever closer to the start of the season with just, just a couple of days remaining. And you'll find us on Twitter at, at supercoach underscore edge, Damon at, at demoj88, myself at, at liamevans underscore 95. And if you search supercoach edge, uh, you'll find us on Facebook, Insta and TikTok. Yes, and uh, also a reminder about our Supercoach Edge group for those that haven't already joined. It's free to do so, and we have a Supercoach Championship ring up for grabs for the leader come the end of the season. So the code to join that, if you haven't already, is 249149. Yes, um, and uh, just a quick reminder as well that we have opened up our Patreon for 2023, and that will give you exclusive access to a cash league if you join the top tier, which is $15 per month. You can also access the lower tier, which is $5.50 per month, less than, yeah, the cost of half a coffee, as Damon has been telling us, um, for the <laughs> high. Uh, and that, that gives you plenty of features, um, exclusive Discord access, um, some... Uh, an exclusive Patreon-only uh, group with with a price as well. Uh, if you want to find out more about how you can support us, um, we we are obviously very thankful for that. Um, you can head over to Patreon, so Patreon dot com forward slash Supercoach Edge, and yeah, have a look and see if there's anything uh, you, you that, that tickles your fancy. And if you want to take us on in uh, the 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 top tier or in the in the, in the lower tier as well, um, but. Before we kick off, we also want to give a big shout out to the legends at Supercoach Masters, don't we, Damon? Yes, yes, we do indeed. Uh, they're, they're loose cannons, so we'll we'll call them loose cannons from now on. Yes, uh, much like us, much like us, we fire from the hip and um, 
yeah, uh, say say some things that are a bit of astray and uh, you know toe the line, but it's all in good fun. So they're very much like us. So we are announcing that uh, we are excited to bring you a collaboration with those loose cannons at Supercoach Masters in round one. And we love their content, so you know make sure to go and check out their channel and all the content that they provide because it's uh, not only informative detailed um analytical like ours uh they're, they're fellow stats nerds as well but they're also uh very loose and entertaining so uh, we've put a link to their channel in the description of this video below so check that out be sure to like subscribe everything along those lines and this is going to be the first of many collabs that we'll be bringing you this season in the past we've interviewed the likes of uh well the scodfather as he's uh, affectionately known um Before otherwise known as yeah, well, before exactly before he took on that moniker of the Scottfather, mm. um, and he was he was donning the, it, it was a profile picture of the Sensei, the Master from um, yes. Karate Kid. Remember that? Uh, so now he's taken on the moniker of the uh, the true uh, Scottfather, uh, Abdul from uh, Abdul's Magic. And also the 2021 winner, uh, of course, M. Chalice, who uh, provided some great insights when we had her on alongside 2022 winner, JP. And of course, the TV star, Supercoach with DR as well, as we know, um, he uh, had his little, if you don't don't recognize that, have a look on uh, on Twitter if you're not following him, mm. so give him a follow. But uh, there was a little, it was on one of the morning programs. They did a bit it was of on a, Sunrise. a feature on I actually it. saw it on, on Channel, Channel 7 News as well later that night. So oh, got, wow. got a good run. Got a good run. Gee whiz. Got a good run on TV like uh, like myself and uh, my wife <laughs> for yeah. a, a wedding entrance. <laughs> yes, so yes. Uh, from one, well, I wouldn't call myself, a, I was going to say from one TV star to another, but nah, <laughs> you're, uh, you're in a different league. In a completely different league, I'm I'm probably on the um, the soap TMZ back page type scenario. Ooh, uh, my stuff, um, but, yeah. but yeah, some exciting stuff to come uh, in 2023. Yeah, and make sure, as we said, if you want to join up to this Patreon, you'll be the first to hear about any content. Um, you'll have access first before before anyone else, um, especially with with the collab uh, the collabs. I think that'll be some good value there. Absolutely, but now, Liam, the real stuff starts, and now the time is set for me to light a bit of a fire under that seat that you're sitting on and uh let's let's unveil let's lift the curtain let's let's unveil the wizard or the wizard of oz to the to the great people of supercoach edge let's uh let's see what you got what are you, what are you going to start with what's uh because i know you've been going let's through start, a few conundrums well hang on sorry i'm just going to just kick off with the first first player that should come as no surprise to anyone We'll talk about him. Here I was thinking that you're going to put bloody uh, Dunkley in your team. You've literally, you've thrown no, a no, bit no. of a loophole come to on, me there. Oh yeah, sorry, Ashcroft yeah, as well. Okay. Second. Um, let's yes, kick yes, off. Yes. So, second? I guess second. No, let's let's kick off. First off, um, yep. okay. start with defense like you did. I, I, like, I like starting with the defenders. Um, mm. D1... As you had, D1 was was Tom Stewart for, for a long time this preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, then, he, then he made his way out. Kind of was a bit, not worried about the tag, but just kind of thought, all right, I think Doherty, Doherty who came in as D1, and, and we'll talk about that in a second, um, he came in mm-hmm. as, I guess, um, D1 had the opportunity with, you know, a bit, bit more mid-opportunity for CBAs, but also... He he's he seems now to be obviously taking that that backline role, but also having their CBAs as sort of like the relief um, towards the end of the quarter. So he's sort of getting a little bit of that double double hit, I guess. Um, some CBA, mm. some kick ins, lots and lots of points. So he is definitely in my team now. Like you as well, I had Dacos in D two um, back when we did our reveals much earlier. Obviously, um, now I probably haven't been scared off. To the same extent, um, we'll do it by ownership again, so we can look at it that way. But um, I did bring in Ridley, like yourself. Um, I think the role looks good. But in recent days, I've, I've sort of cooled on him a little bit. Not cooled. I still, I still think he'd be a good pick for anyone that does does bring him in. But I found some cash in my okay. side, and yeah. yeah, I found some cash, and I thought, you know what? Sorry, Rids. Gonna have to move you on because oh. I can bring in <gasps> big Tommy Stewart. So I am running big Tom, Tom Stewart alongside Doherty. Um, I think those two 
um, present a lot of value. I mean, early, really early on, I had Stuart in D1 and D2 was, I think, Dawson. Um, so not not dissimilar to what I was sort of looking at quite early in the season. Um, at this stage, I want to say they're locked. I think Stuart, if I need to find some cash, is probably the one that would likely get downgraded to, to a Jordan Ridley. I do think, I think he is a fallen primo. Um, so I think there's a lot of value there. I actually think he will, um, he'll come good. He'll come good. I think this year, I think the role will suit him. So I probably am taking a risk in not picking him up because I think he'll probably finish the year as a top eight, uh, defender, um, if he does get that role back. But, um, I think two proven scorers there that I'm, I, I haven't started Stuart in a long time. I can't remember that. I don't even think I, maybe I never have. Um, and I feel like I get burnt every year. So I do want to start short if I can. Mm. Now, the, the one, sorry, the one, yeah. the one query I have is uh, you've said you've you found some money. Can you, can you uh, happen to uh, just direct me as to where you found this money potentially and you know, give me the X master spot type, type scenario? Because yeah. I need, I'd love to, I'd love to bring Stuart in alongside uh, Dockers. That's, that's a luxury. Well, you're lucky because it's it's actually in D3 is where I found the cash. Ooh, um, okay. But at this stage, I'm kind of liking that the, there's two stronger um, D1 and D2s um, in my side. Like now, moving into third spot, it probably comes as no surprise, the, uh, the top-owned um, defensive option, and that is Ruben Gimby. Um, I think enough said. I think looking at his preseason game, had low time on ground, um, but pumped out a just under a hundred off memory. I think it was like ninety nine. Um, the Eagles look to to want to use him. He's got DPP. Um, I think he'll be a get you no know, decent drop security, decent scoring potential. You're paying for a premium, but are uh, you paying a premium for him? But I think I think that's what we're going to have to do across this. Across the, the first rounds, I think that's what we're going to be seeing quite a lot of. Um, moving into D, what's that, D5. I've got Connor McKenna, 35% ownership. Um, I think a bit different to yours. I don't think you have McKenna off memory, do you, Damon? No. No, I've got um, no, no, no McKenna. Yes. No and he's one that I have, I've toed and froed on. He's been in and out. Um, I do think, though, looking at his averages, I think the year that he finished, I think he averaged 70, 80-odd. Um, and I think he should come back to a decent enough average. He doesn't have to He doesn't have to score up to that um, to make decent bank. Um, he'll make quite a bit of cash um, quite easily, I'd say. Um, so he... He's come back into my side. I think it'll be harder for him to score in the Brisbane. I will say I do think it'll be harder for him to score in the Brisbane um, setup. I think they've got a few playmakers coming out of halfback, but it does look as though he's got a spot a spot there. So I do feel relatively okay with, with bringing him in. And I, if, if need be, if he's not named um, at his price point, it's going to be easy to downgrade him. Um, 167.5K, um, I'll be able to move some players around um, and not have to – you know, restructure the whole side just to just to get a rookie. Um that that is named. Um moving into D six, um, it is like your side. Charlie Constable. Um looks good. Looks good. Um obviously, as I'll say, all rookies um are subject to change. Obviously, if they're not named, I'm not gonna start them. Um, but I do think he'll be named. He's looked good. I got to see him sort of firsthand in the in the practice match against the Suns, the Dons versus the Suns. Um, he looked good off that um, in the back line, got some kickouts. Um, obviously, as we mentioned in the last podcast, Powell and um, Wella are a little bit concerning. But I think I think it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Um, I think he's got the versatility. He's got that mid-forward eligibility as well. Oh, sorry, mid-defensive eligibility. Um, and he... Um. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too concerned about that pick. Now, onto the bench. Um, pretty similar to yourself, Damon. Um, locked in the first debutant that we can uh we can be assured of, and that is, uh, Lockie the Cash Cow Cowan. 
Um, <laughs> I think he, yeah, 117.3K, no-brainer. Um, he's been confirmed as a, de- uh, a debutant for round one. Um, lock him into your side. Um, enough said. I'm not going to not going to labor on that one. Um, and then, uh, like your, I think the seven, um, it is Darcy Wilmot is my other option. Um, looks to have a different role. I think we're all a bit concerned. McKenna and Wilmot will be fighting for the same spot. Wilmot looks to be playing a bit more up on the wing. Um, the fact that he played through finals as a, as a rookie, um, and debuted, I think, did he debut in finals or did he debut in the mm. last round? Yeah. In finals, yeah, I think he's he's got his spot. Um, they obviously trust him. Um, yeah, I'm happy with 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 him at this stage. Um, so I guess rounding out that rounds out the the defensive options. Um, so running with the two the two primos, um, the mid price slash higher priced rookie, three rookies um, on field. Um, so it just depends what you want to classify Jones as, I guess. Um, yeah. And then obviously the two the two rookie options on the bench. Now D six, I feel like is up for grabs as 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 probably all the last sort of spots on my bench, all last field spots will be up for grabs with the uh, with the with the bench at this stage. Yep. The um, only thing I'll comment just in terms of uh, structure. I mean, as we go along, I'm just comparing compare the pair with with my team. Yeah, the pair. Yep. And you've obviously started with two assured primos. I've only got the one in Dockers that we yep. share. And I've got Ridders as the sort of the questionable uh, on the cusp uh, past primo uh, at uh, D2. Um, and yeah, you've, you've kind of gone the one. You've gone a rook, an ex, maybe an extra rookie as opposed to that mid-pricer. That in, mid-pricer, in Yo, that genuine mid-pricer, if you count, yeah. Yeah, if you count Jones as a sort of higher-priced rookie or a um, Steve Bashimi as we call him. Um <laughs> But I, I like it. Like the logic's there. Like in terms of yeah. if you're combining the scores, the average of Yo and Ridley from week to week and comparing it to what the average of Stewart and Jones will be from week to week, you'd think at the very least it should be even, uh, if yeah. not in favor yeah. of Stewart. Um, it just probably comes down to, um, I mean, points on field is, is paramount. That's that's the most important thing. And you've saved a trade virtually because you've, you started with that that assured primo. Um yeah on the basis that, you know, if, if Ridley doesn't come out, then you, you're, you've obviously started ahead of me, for example, um, in this instance. So I like it. It's good. Hopefully it pays off. Hopefully it pays off, but uh, we'll, mm. we'll have to see. Let's yeah. move on to the midfield. And uh, um, as like, like your side, I think I had Clary. I've had, I actually didn't start Laird. I actually thought he was, sorry giving it away. It is Laird in M1. I didn't want to start him. I was a bit concerned by just his high price. I think kind of scared me off a little bit. 700K is a lot to to have on a player of your standard. Uh, I mean, player just in general. Um, I know it's high standard, but I think right now we just do have to pay for premium, uh, pay for quality. Um, and I think we touched on it a little bit last week. Um, just his... His game probably doesn't necessarily not lend itself to being tagged, but I think he'll be able to fight through it a little bit more. Um, and I'm happy with him sitting there. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm happy with his ownership as, as we spoke about 26% of teams um, compared to sort of a Clayton Oliver, 41% could potentially be a little bit of a, not, not a pod, but sort of a podish option. Um mm. Uh, for for the midfield, um, into D two uh, M two. Sorry, um, it is. Where is he? Where is he? Where's the bond? The bond there yeah. is number there number is. seventeen in terms of ownership, thirty three percent. I thought that would be yeah. a bit higher as well. I thought I thought he might be sort of closer to what Clayton Oliver was um, in terms of like a forty percent. Um, just purely because I think with Dunkley moving out, there's more opportunity in the midfield. Um, less less CBAs to be shared, um, but I still think, as you said, I think he's in for a big year. Mm. Um, um, I'm very happy with that pick. Um, now moving on to M three. 
Now, in my current side, now this one is probably a position that's up for grabs. Like you, I'm considering the likes of, um, what's his name, uh, McRae. Um, yep. But currently I do have our boy Steele um, sitting in M3. Now, I think he's underpriced. Um, I think I think a lot of people have been scared off by his, um, and I, I'm potentially one of them. What did he score? 70, 80 odd in the preseason yeah. game. Um, I think you drew my attention to the fact that in the corresponding game last year in the preseason against the Dons as well, he actually scored pretty much bang on. I think it was like within yeah. a point or two. Um, so I think I think that there's not too much concern. Did have a slow start to 20... Sorry, could he up 2022? <laughs> Still um, will do that to you. <laughs> yeah, oh, trust me. Um, so yeah, I, I've got enough cash. When we go through my side, I do have enough cash off memory. I don't want to quote myself here. Uh, to upgrade Steel to a McRae. So it is an opportunity, a potential, something potentially that I might look at um, as we get closer to the start of the season. Um, just seeing how I, if I could hold my nerve and and um, keep stealing. But I do think he'll be a good pick. I think he's underpriced. Um, at his price as well, I do think that you've got opportunity to move him around to, you know, if you don't start a green or you don't start an LDU and they start they start really well, um, it's sort of an easy mm. downgrade to them if steel doesn't come off. Yeah. Um, speaking of green, he comes in at, ah. M, what's that, M4. Tom Green. Um. Um, Lock him in, lock him in. I don't think he's he's a great pick. I, I personally think at his at his price, I think he's got the opportunity. He's that breakout player. I mean, we spoke about him quite a lot in the last episode, so I don't want to don't want to labour him, but definitely one that uh, has found his way into my side and will be staying there. Now, I feel probably... sorry just before you go, you go yeah. into this this position, Liam. It looks yep. as though, so our midfield is identical so far, but I have a feeling, yep. a bit of a feeling, just a bit of a, it's about to, I don't know, a bit of an itch in the back of my mind that uh, maybe it's about to, to, to go out in a different direction. Now, Am I right? It is. It is. I think you are correct there. Now, I might have just flipped the ownership <laughs> and go least owned to find him. Ooh. Uh, it is. Oh, How's about this? It's not that. 3% ownership. It is Will Setterfield. Setters. Um, I knew it. I knew Setters. it. <laughs> now... I I don't know. I don't know why. I just have a feeling with, with Setterfield um, that I think you spoke, and this really comes down to what you spoke about a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. Um, don't blame me if it had, doesn't come off. No, I'm not, I'm not going to because <laughs> I'm actually not concerned. Yeah, yeah. At 348, I can downgrade him to a Warple. I can downgrade him to a, mm. um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Callahan and like Calla- those, uh, if he's not already well, in team. Yeah. Callahan, uh, Hopper, I can, Hopper, yep. you know, there's so many options for me to downgrade him to. He's the, probably the most expensive at that sort of price point that I'd be considering. Um, mm. He's only in 3% of teams, which is probably slightly risky. Um, yeah. But equally could have the opposite effect of actually um, powering me ahead um, if people mm. need to try and jump on him. Um, I do think he offers a big point of difference in the Essendon midfield. There's no player that's really like him that they don't have that big bodied sort of midfielder. Um, so I do think he's going to get quite a lot of opportunity um, to play that role. I don't think like he just, he, he's, he's so different to the rest of the Essendon midfield that I can't see him not like, I think there's a lot of talk about him being on the wing. And obviously when he was on the wing at, at, at Carlton, wasn't his, it's not his natural position. He's an inside mid. Um, but I'm not concerned about that. I think he will play as an inside mid um, in most of the time. Um, I think I think he has such a big point of difference to what Essendon currently has that that's where that that's what 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 they need. To be perfectly honest, it's not like Merritt and not that Merritt, Shield, and um, Parish all play the exact same, but their sort of their heights, their builds are quite similar. Um, whereas Setterfield is. Mm is quite different. So I, th- I think that's why yeah, okay. I am drawn to him um, in that sense. Uh, a pod and, yeah, unique to the Essendon midfield. Um, if it doesn't come off, as I said, easy downgrade. Um, but I can see him averaging the same, if not more, than a than a hopper. Um, mm. So I'm not too concerned. 
there. Um, now, moving on, uh, it is Callahan in M, what's that, M6. Mm. Um, yeah. One that I jumped on, one that I thought of had been considering um, earlier in the preseason, but kind of his price point, 244K, very awkward for a mid uh, for a midfielder. Um, and I think pleasingly, I think Kingsley came out, t- I think it was today, and said that they actually see him playing both an inside and an outside role. Um, so potentially, even though we didn't see him get any CBAs on the weekend, um, or the weekend, one weekend ago, two weekends ago, sorry, um, there is potential that he might be played a little bit, a bit more inside as well. Um, and that'll help him with his scoring as well. 20% of teams, bit more of a comfortable pick with, with him now. Um, and again, mm. at 244K, he's an easy downgrade to a, to a, to a yep. you know, another rookie if, if, if I've missed yeah. him. Cool. Now, this one, again, I think M, what's that, M7, will come as no surprise. Um, I'm not going to speak about him. Just get him in your side. Um, if you're not picking him, you're not serious. Um, just, just, just get him in. It's get serious. Get serious. That's that's the uh, exactly. that's the takeaway. The only reason he shouldn't <laughs> be in your side is, you know, those people that just pick their team. Like they 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 just have yeah. a team full of Essendon players or a team full of Carlton players. That's yeah. the only reason he shouldn't be in your side. And to yeah, be honest, if you're doing that, you probably shouldn't be playing Super Coach. But yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, get him in. Get him yep. in. He'll like. I, I, I don't need to talk about him. Uh, no. Just get him in. That's all I'm going to say, as I've said multiple times. Uh, yeah. Eight, um, got Cam McKenzie. Um, I do have some concerns over here. I have concerns, and I also don't like. He's he's a quite an interesting um, pick. I think I have concerns over the fact that do we see something similar to a Ward last season who came out absolutely monstered the, the preseason game. Everyone jumped on him. And then I think it was like round 20 or something before he actually had a half decent score. Um, well and truly after everyone had jumped off. Um, I like that. Is, is this talking from experience? It is talking from experience. I'm pretty sure I held him until about <laughs> yeah. round 20 when he had his good score. Um <laughs> I don't like, I think that's just once bitten twice shy. Um, and it's just, mm. you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's the coincidence that it's the same, same, same sort of role, same, same, same situation team. at the same team. Yeah. I, I, mm. I think we're just being a bit concerned, uh, being overly concerned there. I think, I think you spoke about this. I think he, I think, sorry, Mitchell's probably not going to be looking to drop the likes of a McKenzie or those rookie sort of, mids um the ones that are mm. sort of getting their first crack whereas i look at sort of the likes of um uh warple if he doesn't perform well i feel like he's the one that would probably be on the on the block earlier than the likes of a mm. mckenzie um mm-hmm. just purely because i think like look what he's done to, to you know mitchell and and amira chopped them um so i think he's really looking to build um a cohesive midfield unit that's gonna last into the future so I think he's probably looking more so towards the youth in, in that situation. Mackenzie is currently on field. Um, could, I don't think he's necessarily staying on field. Um, one of the uh, the bench options probably could take his place. Um, nice. Now, onto the bench. Similar to yours, I think um, Phillips 100% should be named um, in your side. I sort of picked on your side as to whether he's on the field in place of McKenzie. I think, I think the practice game really shows that he should probably be sitting on your bench at the time being. For the time being, um, he had high CBAs. I'm not jumping off. I don't think there's any concerns over his role. I think he's got good job security. He's got he'll have good scoring potential. The role's there. Um, he'll make cash. Um, even if it's even if it just has to be on your bench. 158.3k is much more cash than I would ever have on my bench in years gone by. Mm, um yeah. i have to say um so that's a little bit of a concern but it is what it is um i think i think he's definitely one you need to be considering um another one uh, what how oscar baker how sorry i'm on the, the wrong way for ownership um <laughs> how oh he's not as 
highly owned as I think I thought he would be. 16th. Oh, 30%. Uh, 30%. Not too bad. Um, again, picking him 123.9K. <laughs> we need to find them somewhere. Um, yeah. And I think he looks to have, have that role sewn up. Um, obviously, mature, mature body. Um, I think Bevo also kind of likes those role players. Like he likes likes that sort of player mm. that um, that that just plays plays their role, um, does it well, um, sort of no frills. Um, and I think based off that, as we also said, McRae comes into consideration because Baker, if he sews it up, um, there's no need to worry about McRae going to to a wing as much. I don't think. It does, I think, then have an effect on Toby McLean, who will well, we won't talk about because I don't think I have him in my side. No, I do not um, mm. at this stage, um, just purely because it doesn't mean McLean's going to necessarily be swapping into a wing as much. I also think yeah. it could mean that his his preseason game could mean that McLean is not necessarily as sure a starter as I think we all thought he was. Um I don't want to raise panic alarms, but let's, yeah, he's sort of a wait and see for me. If I need to bring him in, I'll, I'll find a way. Yeah. Um, final bench spot. Um, one, I think we spoke about. He's in your forward line off memory. It is Owen Davey. Mm-hmm. I picked him in my mids um, purely because it gives me a bit of a swing um, into the forwards uh, with some handy DPP. Um, 117.3K. Um I think he'll be he'll be named. I'd be shocked if he's not. Um, even if he's not named, I actually think. Look, I probably won't start him if he's not named, but I wouldn't have a concern with starting him because I think he'll get a very early debut. Um, I think he'll be brought in very early. The fact that he wasn't held, he wasn't, he didn't play as far as I know the VFL game, um, the practice match on the weekend, says to me that he's he's being prepared to to play for the AF, uh, play the you know debut in round one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks uh, looks so good. Rounds, I like um, out the midfield. Yeah, it's it's good. I, I like it. Like in terms of structure, it's um, very similar, similar. Obviously, up until yeah. Tom Green, <laughs> the structure is the same in terms of Hopper. Just uh, you know, interchange with uh, with yeah, Setterfield. So they, they both yeah. same, literally same are that same same price. Everything else, Callahan, you've got as well. Ashcroft, McKenzie, and the three guys as well. So yeah, it looks as though we're um, we're aligned in thinking there, which is good. Yep. And even I think with the steel pick, like I think we're both considering McRae as another option. Mm. Um, option there. Uh, cool. Let's move on to the rucks. Let's move on to the rucks. Um, again, Rowan Marshall, number one, number one picked ruck for a reason. Fifty four percent actually seems seems low. Um, mm. I would have thought he'd been much more, um, much higher. I'm going to skip over to the bench because. Almost first picked, I reckon, in my side was Nicholas Madden. Uh, 102.4K. Um, basement bargain price, ruck forward eligibility, perfectly pole option. Now, like you, I've gone, I've cycled through many. I'm going to actually take him out because I don't want him want him here. Don't don't <laughs> tell me it's going to be R2 Galea. Don't don't be that person. Yeah, that's how I'm <laughs> that's how I'm making some cash. R2 Galea. <laughs> That's how you. That's how you got the cash he's, for for Stewart. I get it. Yeah, exactly. He's probably the only person that hasn't <laughs> been in my in my ruck line this preseason. Um, yeah, only one I haven't considered. Um, <clears throat> like you, I've had English. I think I started English. Then I moved to Dar- Darcy Cameron, as we all know. Um, I spoke about him at length in many a preseason um, episode. Um, really wasn't considering Sean Darcy just because his injury history which probably goes in to this contrast to why I had Tim English in my team. Um, I've had Brody Grundy. I did have, as you saw last week, I had Max Gordon in there for, for quite a number of days. Um, <laughs> he was in there for, for about five minutes, I reckon, before you cycled him out to the next player. <laughs> yeah, purely for price, purely for price. I was yeah. like, I need to usually use that cash somewhere else. Now, I do have yeah. Sean Darcy. I think, like you, same, same reasons as what you have. I, it's it's almost like a process of elimination. I think with with my mm. other ruck position, I kind of went through and I go, we're not even going to start at Redigalia. Um Cameron, <laughs> I don't know whether he finishes a top six forward now. Looking at the numbers, potentially the ruck split with with Cox is a bit of a concern. English is probably the only other one I would consider. His 
um, he's got the role, I think, um, but just his injury history, his concussion history, it's a concern for me. Mm. Um, <clears throat> uh, 500, again, 581K, similar to Darcy. I mean, 20K extra, but not not too big a concern there. Wits hasn't really crossed my mind. Um, Grundy was one. I do think Grundy's underpriced, and I do think he'll be a value option, but it's as to whether he finishes as a top top three, top four ruck, I think is questionable. Yeah. Um, as we discussed, Nicholas Madden, obviously, perfect loophole option, get him in. We'll open up some handy links if you can get Gorn into your forward line um, once he once he gets his DPP. So, yeah, similar yeah, luck line to you. Yeah, it's it's identical in the um similar similar mindset I imagine as well in terms of yeah as you mentioned with Gorn, um you know more than likely getting the DPP swing uh it helps out uh but you, you've you've uh, had some forward thinking there as well in terms of having Davy I'm um, just sorry backtracking to your midfield um Davy on your bench as well that's um yeah good good way of, of planning for it I mean that's that's sort of the the main difference uh of your previous picks. Like I've still got Chesser, but as I said, Chesser might, might go by the wayside or I could potentially use him as a bit of a loophole, but probably comes down to how people score on Thursday. Cause I don't, I don't even know all Friday. I don't even know who I could loop on if it's going to be beneficial, but yeah, I, I do like having what you've done there where you've, you've kind of, you've tried to go DPP across the field. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That is the only concern though, I guess in my side is that I don't have a defensive option coming back yep. this way. Oh, um, gotcha, yep. No again, yeah. probably not a massive concern at this stage. If I if I need to, I could potentially bring in a Chesser. Um, yeah. I don't know who I would drop out of these guys or this one um, to do that. Um, so I'm probably not going to. I don't think I don't think Chesser's a bad pick. I just don't – I'm not as sold on him. Yeah. I, I think the, 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 main, the main thing with um, – the one, the one reason why I kind of haven't – um, is the fact that I've got confidence that of those three, like you've got that I do, um, Phillips should have job security from week to week. So if someone goes yeah. down for a week or gets suspended, an eagle or whatever, he should be able to easily sub on. Um, exactly. Baker probably less so. And then Davey, who knows, but I mean, he's got big wraps and stuff, but um, that's probably why I'm less reliant on DPP swings. And then in the forward line, yeah. I mean, I've got Davey in my forward line, but then McLean, yeah, you kind of touched on it that there's no guarantee that McLean now has assured uh, a spot in the 22. Yeah. But yeah, I think if he does, then it's going to help me out and I probably won't have to be too reliant upon having that mid-forward swing. But anyway, that's enough of my team. What's, what's your forward line uh, round out to be? forward line? Right, I'm going to take Gordon out just so we can look at the actual structure properly. But yeah, he's, okay. he's coming back. Everyone should know he's coming back. All right. He's gone. Josh Dunkley, straight off. Bye, goodbye. Straight, no, no, no. Come back. Come back, Golden. <laughs> Baby, uh, come back. <laughs> wrong song. Um, Josh yeah. Dunkley, uh, uh, F1, just just do it. I was actually talking to someone on the weekend who didn't have him. They said they, they weren't going to start him. And I was like, oh. just do it. You're just going to start him. Going to start him. Um, was it they, a split they personality? I mean, was no, it was not my split personality. He <laughs> With one of the other teams? Life. He is not left my side. <laughs> he is not did, left my did side. someone cycle through no, the F one position? There's no um. There's no other. You know how we were talking about it. Like I've got so many different structures. There's actually none that don't have Josh Dunkley in them. Um, yeah, he's okay. that much of a lot. Yeah, Him, Dunkley, Ashcroft are the two that remain the, the same Constance, no matter what. Yeah. The constants and Marshall, Marshall, I'll say, and and Nick. Yeah. Yep. Because need that rock loop because he's a gun um exactly <laughs> love nick madden uh so yeah. dunks yeah i think dunks is gonna have another big year um i think he'll be some captaincy options with him as well what we saw in the mid uh the preseason game um his score was was mammoth um i'm feeling really 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 good about dunkley i think he's gonna gonna cruise along again which is great uh like yourself number the fourth most picked uh, forward option, kind of rosy. Um, I think we saw what he could do with, I think, 55%. I think it was 55% CBAs was like his, uh, what's the right word? Not like his threshold, but sort of like when he started to really um, end yeah, up his gotcha. scores. Um, and yep, I think like he... Yeah, the yardstick, yeah. 
Yeah, the yardstick. That was when you knew he was going to score well. Um, and he, he, like he was getting, I don't know, I can't remember what it was. It was like 80% or something CPAs in the, the preseason yeah. game. Now I think that'll drop slightly. Crazy. But I think the point there is that he was getting 80% then. It's going to drop. It's not going to, it's not like he was getting 55. And you're like, oh, it's probably going to drop because Butters was only getting 10%. Mm. Um, I think with that sort of overdone <clears throat> level for, for Rosie, um, it, it sort of assures you that he's going to get a, a very decent amount that, that's going to lead to him having some good scores. I do think he'll still be volatile. I think he'll have a high ceiling and a not a low floor. Sorry. Yeah, high ceiling and probably a lowish floor. Um, not super low, but just not not as consistent, I think, as you know some other other guys that we'll probably talk about. Um, nice. So I think he'll average out well, but I think, yeah, he'll probably just have a bit more volatility in his scoring. Similar to like a Heaney, I think, um, is just, I don't know, my, mm. my general feeling yep. about him. Um, now, well, actually, I have had Cogs in this position. Um, Cogs did make oh. way for... For the for, for Golden, um, but just just I guess something to mm-hmm. we got, I thought I'd share with everyone. Uh, yeah, nothing the same. In, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So long. I thought ago. it's just always been always been Golden ever since yeah, he came into my it. team. Who who is who is in his spot? Not, no one cares. Yeah, it's it's always been Golden. He's the constant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's the yin to the yang. Uh, exactly. Moving on to uh, F three. And it is Timmy Taranto, probably comes as no surprise. Um, great opportunity in the Tigers midfield. Um, looks good. Um, he's going to have that mid-roll sewn up. Um, I think, yeah, he's been a burn man for me in the past, but I think this year will be different. I think, like, you know, Rosie to you, Taranto mm. is, is taking me out for taking me out for dinner. No, he's taking um, you out for dinner as well. Yeah, where did we Actually, go? I thought I spotted you. I thought I, I thought I spotted you yeah, across, we the, across the room. Yeah, we were, yeah. Just, I, I didn't get the lobster though. I got the uh, just got a steak. Oh. But uh, I was oh, happy Jesus. enough. Did, I was happy enough that. Did, did bit, bit cheap, okay. But he's a bit right. cheaper. He's a bit cheaper. You know, ten k cheaper. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the, he, like technically yeah. <laughs> doesn't have quite the level of cash uh, that uh, Rosie has to spend. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, great pick. Um, what's he in? He's in 57% of teams. Like, if he does, again, like, I think it's like that weight of everyone having him. Um, the risk, I think, with him is higher. Is higher for people who don't own him now. Like, I, I just mm. don't think, I don't think, like, the role's there. I know people talk about him being a butcher of the football, but mm. I think the inside role will, will, will help him with his scoring. Um, Increase the CBAs. They're in the minority now, like literally, like going by the stats that are in forty three percent of the yeah, minority and I think that the don't upside, have him. The upside in not having him is probably not there. Like I, mm. unless you're picking like a Cogs, maybe that's the benefit. But mm. I can't see where else you'd be going. Um, like Butters wouldn't be any better. So I'm going to sort by highest price because that'll go by average. Like I can't see who else you would be going for for Tim Taranto that would be higher benefit for you. Mm. Um, unless it's Errol. Maybe then I'd. Talking about Errol. Let's uh, let's get him in. Let's get him in. Um, I think, again, like oh, what's Errol. he at? He's at 36% ownership. It's probably rising every day. Um, I just – I think – there's concerns about him. I get why there's concerns about him. He does he appears as a trap. But I think now the more people that get him get into him, the less the risk is there for him. Because mm. he drops again for, for Errol. Um <laughs> I think we'll see again a player that has a high ceiling. And probably not yep. I think he'll increase his floor, but I don't think his floor will be super high like it won't be like you know like a steel like we talk about steel yeah. i always use i think steel's like the benchmark still has a high floor or a lead they have high floors because you know it's mm. based off tackles it's based off um yeah based off tackles really so you know what you're going to get yeah. from them um i don't think you'll see the same thing with a golden or, or a rosie i think you'll see high scores but you'll also see some lower scores it'll average out but i think there's one thing that we do also you know with golden he probably only has to average about a 105 um for the season mm. to be justified as a as a 
keeper pick. Um, and I think he can do that. I think there's, you know, the raps that he's had um, on him, um, they're speaking about him as, you know, playing last year, having played on, the, you know, on the wing um, as a forward and really wanting to get him into the middle um, and seeing that role for him in, you know, in the, in, in the, in, at CBAs. And I know Mills didn't play. I know Papley also didn't play, um, but I do think that Goulden probably, um, Pop Gordon will get less CBAs, I, I, I do think. Um, I know he had similar mm. CBAs between the first practice match and the second match, match practice match, one in which Mills did play. But um, you'd expect they probably decrease slightly. But I think even with an increased, I think he was sort of had like 10% CBAs last year was his average for the season. Um, mm. And I think it'll be much higher than that. So I think we'll see an inc- better role for him and increase in scoring. Um, but the fact that there's 36% of other teams that have him in, makes me feel like it's a much less risky pick now. Um, if it was at, yep. you know, 2% like a centre field, um, I'd be much more concerned um, for a player like that, where I think it's going to be um, a high deviation in scoring um, or a potential yeah, high deviation like, And I reckon it's like the the higher the price of the player, if they're of lower, like lower ownership, like comparing him to say Setterfield, for example, yeah, because they're at a higher price point, it's it's more of a waste of money because the players around that price point are more than likely going to be close to primo status and yeah. more than likely punching out consistently high scores. Like for example, you know, paying a little bit extra and getting cogs in. Like the difference between those two, if Goulden goes shit, then it's kind of like a it's it's a risk, but like compared to Setterfield and it's like, well well you haven't paid up in the in the realm of a primo. You're still in a mid price range. If he goes crap then you know, you you can easily switch to another mid pricer in Hopper, um, but yeah. yeah, as you say, like that, that ownership offsets any of the risk really. So, um, it's worked in our favour. Agreed, agreed. Um, I'm yeah, I, I'm bullish on him. Um, we all yeah, like like I was looking at him last year. I think I think he'll be a good option for this year. Um, mm. I'm not. Yeah, I think he'll finish. I think he'll finish the year in the top as an F8, I think, um, based off what we've seen, I think the role, if the role continues, it's, it's definitely not without the, not, 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 with, not outside the realms of possibility that he does finish the year really strongly. You heard uh, it here first from the morning. scout himself, Liam Evans. Uh, I don't want to put the name. I do feel strongly about him. I do. Yeah. I think I'm not as concerned as I think other people are. I do think, like, I'm not saying that he's, what did he score, 180 or 190? He's not going to score that weekend. He's not going to average that. But, mm. again, I think it'll, I think he'll have, like, those ceiling games. He'll have those lower games. But I think it'll even out to probably about 100, 105 average um, if the role continues. If the role yeah. changes, then, I mean, obviously, I can't predict that. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, moving on to F5. Um, and I was stupid sexy Flanders. I was seduced by him um, yes i'm so annoyed, scratching I'm so the door. annoyed. <laughs> he wants to see stupid sexy flanders um who doesn't 256.3k awkwardly priced i think you really sort of hearing you speak of him last week and sort of talking about it in the brody factor um of last mm. year made me kind of go yeah you know what i think seasons were made on on the will brody pick um, if you started yeah. him really early, I think that really helped you step, you know, get ahead. Um, you didn't have to waste a trade. Flanders, I think, presents as a similar option, like you kind of said. Um, sometimes you've got to risk it. Awkward price. But again, like you, you drop him down to, I don't know, if you, like if he fails, you could drop him down to a Sheasel who mm. could score similar, like, you know, average simile or, a, you know, a Philippu. Um, yeah. And you've got plenty of cash um, up, up your sleeve to, you know, to move around and use in, in different ways. Um, I do think he probably averages pretty well. I, I don't think, I know we're, there's a few people who are concerned considering that Took Miller didn't play, um, but he only had, I can't remember what it was, 6% CBAs or something. Um, so it really nothing, wasn't, yeah. yeah, it was basically, it was like two or three off memory, um, mm. total CBAs as a number. Um, so I really don't think there's too much concern about his role. Um role there like being taken away um gonna play more on that outside that outside game similar to a callahan um mm. if he can average a 70 
um, he'll make you plenty of cash. The one, the one thing I like about starting Flanders is the fact that it, it does give you a leg up doubly mm. so because those people who don't start him, they're going to find it awfully hard to find it's, the funds to try and bring him in. Such a price, yeah. Yeah, so it's, I prefer to have that as a bit of a strategy up my sleeve. That's what I kind of I've thought. It's similar to like the Satterfield one. I feel, I feel yeah. like there's a potential that he could go well. Um, if he doesn't, is an easy downgrade to to someone like a Hopper or a Sheed, mm-hmm. um, if need be. Um, yeah. Similar to yeah Flanders or Callahan as well. Like if if, if yeah. I need to, I can downgrade them. It's 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 okay. I'll be able to find the cash. Uh, sorry, I'll be able yeah. to find someone to downgrade them to, and I'm going to have cash cash left over. Yeah, because virtually, um, like, if unless you've got money in the bank, there's there's no way you'd be able to upgrade to a Flanders or a Callahan or whatever. So it's better to be in that position on the off yeah. chance they actually start well, and you can afford to burn a. Tr- We've got enough trades nowadays, so like, you know, it's better to be in that position, have money up your sleeve or money, obviously invested in these guys, that you're not having to worry about trying to scrounge cash to upgrade to these guys if you haven't got them. Exactly, and I think, um, like. I think last year and probably even the year before I played it a bit safe. Um, I don't think I, I started as risk, not risky, but I just didn't take as many risks as I think I should have. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you could see that last year. I mean, last year I had injuries, but I just don't think from even from the start of the season, I didn't feel like I had, I didn't have a risky enough. I didn't have enough risk in my team and I kind mm-hmm. of tried to play it really safe. And I think that's what I'm trying to steer away from a little bit this year. Um, not not play it as safe. Um and I think Flanders is one of those options. I don't think he's like he's not super risky, but I also think it's one of those, you know, one of those picks that could make or break your year. Mm, exactly, um, yeah. And that kind of strategy. So I think that's where I'm trying to coming from with, with, with Flanders. Um now moving on to F six. Um I have popular rookie option actually. I'm going to see if he's if he appears here. How far down is he? Oh wait, sorry, I'm not doing it based off ownership. Sorry. <laughs> it's like he's going to be a long way down. Uh, fifth most popular option, Mateus Philippou. Mm-hmm. Um, looks to be a Ross Lyon favorite at this stage, so I think he'll get plenty of game time. Uh, risk is probably his role being sort of that mid, sorry that that sort of high. Ugh, forward um, potentially even a deep forward um if the saints don't get much ball in the forward line it could be could be a risk for him um but seems to be a favorite i mean i think this i think the saint kilda has about 23 players that are actually healthy and fit that can actually take the field so definitely will be getting some game time um but yeah i I do feel comfortable with him i do have enough cash in the bank i think to upgrade him to a sheasel who i'm also very interested in um Mm -hmm. i think sheasel could definitely average around 70 um, at a minimum. Um, I think he could be a really good pick. I think the risk there is obviously similar to, to Philippou um, if he gets stationed in the forward line and North can't get the ball down there. But I do think that um, Clark has almost shown a propensity to get him to where the ball is. So if the, he's getting starved of opportunity in the forward line, he's thrown him back, he's put giving him kickouts. Um, so I do feel a bit more comfortable with Sheasel. I do feel comfortable with Sheasel as well. Um, obviously, comes up at what almost over thirty-two k more um, around. Mm-hmm. Um, but Philpu also has the mid-forward status, which is kind of handy mm-hmm. um, if you do need to move anyone around. Um, not a sure starter on my bench, um, but just yeah, a player that's there at this stage. Um, now, in my current. Uh, F7 on the bench, first bench player. I do have Jai Menzi only in 3% of teams. Um, I'm not sold on it. I'm kind of put him in just because he's higher priced and I'm kind of like I can find someone else who's cheaper if I need to, like kind of budgeting for him, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I think he gets named in round one. Uh, I think he'll hold his spot. I think he'll be a good pressure forward, small forward for the Bombers. And I think that's what we kind of saw in his – preseason game he didn't kick a goal um but i think he led the way with tackles or came very was one of the one of the highest tacklers for for the for the dons Mm. um and i think that's what he'll bring week to week like he'll just be he'll have a high enough floor just based off the fact that he's got 
got those tackles as a base. It'll be similar to like a, a Tip and Woody, I guess, um, of years gone by. Um, you'll have a high enough floor as a small forward that isn't going to have to rely on just kicking kicking goals to 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 maintain his score. I'm not sold on him only in three percent of teams, so it was a bit risky um, as a rookie option um, at his higher price point. Though I can probably downgrade him. Like I might downgrade him before the season starts, so he's not a sure, not a sure starter. He's kind of I don't want to say a placeholder. He's more than a placeholder. Um, but if a better opportunity comes up, um, then I think he's one that could be moved on. Um, similarly, yeah, that that's it. And then F seven, uh, F eight. Sorry, my last my last spot goes to another sure thing in Fergus Green. Um, yeah. We spoke about him um, purely there just based off his price. Um, I think great price. Um, Yeah, not much more I can say about him that we didn't cover in the last episode. So, yeah, that's the side. So in terms of the forwards, pretty similar to your structure of memory. Um, Dunks, um, Rosie, Taranto, Goulden, Flanders, Philippou. Um, So Dunks, sorry, uh, sort of the the three primos, one breakout, um, one mid-price, uh, high-priced rookie, and then rookie um, on field. Um, I think this is probably a year to spend up on the forwards, um, mm. but also we need to be mindful of the fact that the likes of Parker, the likes of um, Gorn, Grundy, they could all get DPP status as a forward line in the forward yeah. line. Um, so we just probably just need to be a little bit mindful of of, of them. So don't yeah. don't feel like your it. in some. Some forward lines that are, you know, they've got Goulden at like F5. Um, and I think that's probably a little bit deeper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've got, you got to think, you got to almost think a step ahead. Um, yeah. And think of it in terms of, yeah, those DPP players, even though like the season hasn't even started yet. And we already, like, this is, I can't remember last season the same thing being said. It's like, I think people are just used to the fact that, okay, we've got these new DPP changes coming in. How can we best maximize it in terms of our starting structure? So I think that's the smartest way to do it um, because, I mean, to, to have the two spots up for grabs where, you know, we've both got Flanders and then uh, F6, we've got a rookie, you know, at least one of those spots will be gone. And then, you know, will the other spot be Cogs or will it be another player? Um, I think it, it bodes well for us and gives us a bit of strength in terms of scoring from week to yeah. week as well consistently. Um, yep. So I like it. Yeah, it's exactly Indeed. the same structure as mine. So, yeah, it's just the rookies that, that differ. Yeah. And again, like the rookies across the field will all be dependent on on being named. Um, and like you, mm-hmm. I think the only cheap rookies like Cowan and, and Davey, just looking back across the field, um, like if you probably added up the average price of rookie price players, um, it's a lot higher than I think I would have had in, in years gone by. I probably would never have dreamed of having a 158K player yeah. on the bench um, or even a 154.2K player on the bench um, in years gone by. So, yeah, paying up because I don't think the val- there's no value in, in lower price rookies at this stage, unfortunately. Yeah, like I, I have seen some people trying to scrounge and bring in like 102k players as well, like the I forget the bloke Cavantini, is that his name? Yeah, Cavantini Justin Kilda, or something. Yeah. yeah, and it's like fair enough. Like he's saving money, and he, he may make his debut. That's fine, but is he someone that's going to score consistently enough for him to make you enough money? Because the mm. money that you're saving there, like how are you best using that? It may it may give you a, a slightly better 20K. play with that money. Yeah. So look at it in terms of like the rookie that you've got, like as a cash cow, he's going to stunt your growth of your overall team because he's not going to provide enough cash potentially first of all, but then second of all, um, he's not going to provide cover as well if you need to use him off the bench as as cover. Um, But yeah, like a lot of people, I think a lot of people overlook the fact that cash cows are almost as important, if not more important than your starting primos. Um, Because that's, that's the end of the day what makes and helps you build a 22 best starting team of primos that you're building. Exactly. I think that that's, that's a really good way of looking at it. Um, I also, I guess, I think we kind of spoke about it slightly in the last episode with Chincotta, for instance, I think a lot of people got him in um, cause he was at 102 K and then they've redistributed that cash across the field um, or they've used that cash. Mm. Um, and now it's not looking like he's going to have the debut. So they haven't budgeted for a player that like they might've got, 
him in instead of Cowan. So now they have to find, what is it, basically 15K. 14, 15K, yeah. 14, 15K, yeah, to, to get to get Cowan in um, instead because – I mean, at this stage, it's not looking like Chincot is going to get his debut in in round one. And that's kind of the logic that I've got with Menzi here is that mm. I'm happy enough starting him, but if someone better comes along, it's an easy downgrade to him. Um, yeah. Doesn't ruin my whole structure. I, doesn't ruin my structure. I don't have to try and find cash mm. and, and, and skimp somewhere else. Mm. That's a fine point. Well, I like it. Any question? You've, um, you've Any done question? quite well. Um, no, I think the, the main the main difference between both of our teams is literally the defense. Um, in yeah. terms of structure, talking about structure wise, like there's obviously a few different players there, like setters compared to Hopper and stuff. But I mean that'll that'll even out um, depending on how those individual players perform. Yeah. But in terms of the structure, that'll that'll dictate the difference between both of our teams. I think if you stick with it, like you know, and I really I really like the thinking as well, like comparing two players' um, difference in your, you know, differing teams that you're considering and, you know, who scores more, who's going to make more money because um, that's literally what you have to factor in uh, when you're factoring in a, a mid-price from a rookie as opposed to, you know, a, a rookie and um, and a primo um, with the extra rookie. But it's good. I like it. I like it. It's a, it's a gamble. It's a calculated risk. Um, and I, I, I've thought of doing it as well. Like I saw someone else do it. Um, I actually saw someone bring in, I can't remember who it was. It was one of the other content creators and they had just one primo in defense and the money that mm. they used or the money that they, they received from downgrading the D2 primo to a mid price or a rookie or whatever they used to upgrade to get another primo in the midfield. Um, I did. It means I have they miss out that. on another, they miss out on another rookie potentially. And like the strongest rookies are in the midfield. Um, Exactly. So yeah, it's the other the other thing I think when you look at that is that the risk that I think I'm playing with my defense is that you know I have I rely on the fact that Gimby, McKenna, Constable um, are playing and that they're they're scoring well enough. Um, now, equally, you know, I've been able to pay up a bit more in my midfield, um, so I'm not having to rely on as many. Um, as many rookies. So, you, you know, it kind of balances out a little bit, but mm. it is the risk. I think that we, we are going to see by going. So I think generally we're all going kind of light on in defense in terms of primos. And I think, as you said, some of the content creators going just a D one as a, as a primo and, and no one else is a primo um, really a mm. mid pricer in D two. That's, that's the risk we're going to apply is that are we, are we suffering from a lack of points on field? Um, by only using rookies, it only takes one, one or two sub games to cause an issue yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. For a guy to get dropped and whatnot, and even though you may have rookies yeah. on the bench that can sub in for that rookie that got dropped or whatever, you know, you obviously are they strong enough quality as well? A, like, yeah, yeah, it puts you in a precarious position. I think it's like a bit of a snowball effect. Like one player gets dropped. And you're like, okay, well, I've got rookies on the bench that can sub on, but then if those players that were coming off the bench get dropped, you're stuffed. Like your structures, structures pretty much shot you in the foot. Mm-hmm. So it's got to like, it's got to have longevity across at least across the first, you know, third of the season when those guys are, are playing and up and they're um, generating cash and stuff before you upgrade them. Yeah. Like that's that's almost the crucial time to do it. No, it's good, Liam. I love it. Love it. We'll um we'll see how things are uh, pan out. But um, as we say, the, the rookies, yeah, the rookies on the bench and whatnot, they they may change. Um, and there there may be there may be a last minute change. Who knows? But like in terms of structure, that's literally what we're going with, you know. And it's uh it's exciting. I'm glad that we've both got a little bit of a different team as well. Like it's it's a bit of a sliding doors moment because um yeah, and, and we've, we've come so far as well. Thinking about remember like initially you've. Uh, you helped us well you opened my eyes anyway in terms of Darcy Cameron. Um, you know, starting I know. I feel in in the right. Don't don't tempt me don't tempt me back into him. <laughs> don't tempt me but back it's, into like him. conversations like that like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's conversations like that where we're like, okay, well that's yeah. a good idea, like we'll go with that structure. And then next minute he he gets like he injures his hammy and like it changes everything completely. And we're like, oh, questioning 
well, who's the next best ruckman? And it's kind of like a butterfly effect or like a domino effect where mm-hmm. like that change dictates changes elsewhere in your team. So it's it's been such an interesting preseason. There's been so many rookies put their hands up and, you know, Steve Bashimis, as we call them, like those those rookie-priced, mature-age players that are coming back from injury or returning to the game in Liam Jones's case. Yeah. Um, there's so many different options out there that even though a lot of people are saying, oh, all the teams are the same, you've got to remember that as long as, like, teams teams may be the same on the whole, like players may be similar, but the structure is what will dictate the difference between team A and team B. And then, of course, obviously, once the, the season kicks Trades. off, there's how yeah. we trade. Um, so things will be very, very different. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. I think, um, and I think at the end of the day, a lot of teams are picking, like people go, oh, you're picking it's all the similar players. And it's like, yeah, of course, you're going to pick the value players. You're going to pick the players mm. that have presented themselves well in the preseason, the, the the best rookies, the best, you know, the best primos. So, of course, it's there's going to be similar picks across, across teams. Mm. Yeah, spot on. So uh, we'll see, you'll see the way that um, the cards fall. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super happy with my team and I'm, I'm pretty impressed with yours, Liam, I'll say. I'm happy. I'm happy. I have yeah. to be honest. Yeah. No, it's good. It's it's taken, uh, I'd hate to think how many hours that we've spent on this, like aside from oh, doing what we do with our podcast, but outside of that, literally just on your phone, making changes, how many changes we've made, how many mm. things our partners have uh, said to us that we've just completely disregarded yeah. because we've been our, had our heads buried in our phones. Yeah. toggling with our teams um so yeah it's uh that's no, it's, it's a fun time interesting time but um that's uh that's pretty much it for both of our um team Ooh. reveals so that rounds us out for another episode before we sign off uh just so you can keep up to date with all of the super coach related news debuts and teams as they drop uh be sure to um also join in the discussion uh and you can do so all of that via our socials so you can dm us and reply to our tweets with any questions you may have and we'll try to get back to you as soon as possible with our advice so to send in your questions you can reach us on twitter which is at supercoach underscore edge reach myself at demo j88 liam is contactable at liam evans underscore 95 on facebook search supercoach edge and insta and tiktok also search supercoach edge so that's it liam we're done and dusted. That's it. Done and dusted. We're done and dusted for another, another episode, action-packed. Um, I enjoyed it. Hopefully you out there also enjoyed it. Be sure to um, obviously like, subscribe if you can on YouTube as well. Trying to trying to get the subscribers up there, but we did hit both of our milestones, so we are stoked with that ahead of round one. So until next time, same time, same place. Catch you then. See you guys.